Hey there, everyone. I'm Holly Pennebaker, back with another episode of HCI's 9 to Thrive podcast. We're just weeks away from our 2019 Employee Engagement Conference, which is set for July 29th through the 31st in Denver, Colorado. We're excited about this year's lineup of speakers, and especially for Dr. Rob Stewart, who's HR Administrator and faculty at Brigham Young University, Idaho. Rob has quite the unique background, and not long ago, he was studying financial stress and its impact on employee engagement and well-being. And so fast forward to this presentation, those who attend will gain increased knowledge regarding the importance of helping their employees reduce their at-home stress in order to improve their at-work engagement. Rob's also set to provide strategies that can help companies create a game plan to reduce the financial and relational stress within their respective organizations. So stress is, of course, a big factor for everyone today. So Rob, to start out, can you tell us how this becomes a really profound issue in engagement, retention, and productivity if left unchecked? Yeah, that's a great question. So the research suggests, and pretty pretty recent research, that you know seventy two percent of individuals have financial stress. And well, I'd like to say that I've never been there. I've actually been there quite a lot since we've gone back to graduate school and had young children at the time, et cetera. And then also relational stress. It's pretty well known that uh, about half of marriages end in divorce, and and for those in cohabitating situations, it's even even a higher likelihood. Of, uh, of that relationship ending, and that can lead to a lot of stress in both of those cases. And so those are my areas uh, of expertise, um, but I'm also very familiar with the other stresses, right? The stress of uh, not having a solid uh, relationship with the supervisor at work or not feeling uh, like you have an opportunity for advancement or your voice isn't being heard. Um, and there's, there's a lot of great things uh, that's in the HR literature that I, I fully endorse. But one of the things that I've noticed is, uh, and again, the reason why I reference it as the invisible stress, that at-home stress uh, also really does impact employee engagement. In fact, a, a term that I, I first heard, uh, I believe, in a Harvard Business Review, but it's been more popular over the last few years, that that presenteeism, right, that being at work uh, but not really as engaged as they ought to be. And I was I was reading... Uh, a study recently, we all know that absenteeism is costly and unwanted and unwanted expense for us as as leaders, as HR professionals. Uh, but that that presenteeism, you know, it's ten times the cost according to the study. And uh, so that's that's one of those things that, as I've been researching, uh, certainly it's not just the financial and relational stress, but distress in general that it really impacts uh, employees' ability to perform well, to be at work, uh, to be engaged at work who want to stay in their job, and even their perception of how well their employers are taking care of them. And that's an interesting thing. This, this one, I think, was tied to their financial stress, if I'm remembering accurately, but, but that employees with financial stress would perceive, unlike their, their fellow colleagues, that their organization, their company just wasn't taking care of them as well and actually had little to do with how well the company was treating them and much more to do with the stress that they were bringing with them to the office. So yeah, very dangerous on many levels. It definitely sounds like it can be dangerous, no doubt. So in your upcoming keynote, Rob, you characterize employees' stress as an invisible state that's not always apparent to supervisors and colleagues. 
So what can we do to identify and combat, or at least even lower the amount of stress for our workers? Yeah, and let's start on the invisible side. Um, I like that term invisible because the reality is there's a stigma attached for many of us, at least, that we don't really want our coworkers to know that we're struggling financially. And there's exceptions, and there are those that talk openly. But for most of us, if I'm having a hard time making ends meet or one of our employees is struggling to make the mortgage payment, et cetera, that's, that's something that often uh, we don't want to talk about with our colleagues. Uh, similarly, if, if things just aren't going well in, in a relationship, uh, generally speaking, that's not the type of thing that's, that a supervisor or a manager will know about. And so because of that, as leaders, we become a little bit more vulnerable in this case, a little bit more susceptible to two of the most damaging forms of stress that our employees bring with them. In fact, according to a Gallup study, this financial and relationship stress were the two biggest challenges that individuals referenced in the study. So of, of any stress, any challenge in life, they listed those two as, as the biggest two. But again, we have that stigma. We don't want to talk about it. And so that's danger. So what can we do uh, to combat this? Part of it is just recognizing, acknowledging that many, if not even most individuals in our workforce will have at least some stress in one of these areas. Uh, going back to that number I mentioned a few minutes ago, is about three in four have financial stress. And 46% of these individuals, according to a 2017 study, list financial stress as the biggest source of stress in their life. And so these are very real challenges. There's a, there was another research study by Dr. Buckwalter who talked about, again, talking about financial stress. And he said that for a, a subset of those, but a rather large subset, and he references this as acute financial stress, uh, that they actually have, and he means no disrespect at all to those wonderful individuals that have served in combat in the military, but they can have PTSD-like symptoms because of that traumatic financial stress. And so just a general awareness of that is the first starting point. You know, I've worked in industry in a variety of organizations for years. And while I've worked for really good places and they, they'll have 401k programs and, and other benefits like that, acknowledging and trying to assist and instruct individuals on wise financial principles and wise relationship principles it almost seems taboo, right? We don't, we don't really want to get into the personal lives in that regard. And I think that's why I don't think every supervisor should turn into a financial counselor or a marriage counselor. That's probably a bad idea on many levels, but there's a lot of good information out there. So if we're aware that our employees are stressed and struggling and they can provide some of this information that maybe they can do as a professional development or even off the clock at home, but we provide it for them, uh, it can actually make a significant difference, not just to, of course, the bottom line, which we care about, but to their overall well-being as well. All right, perfect, Robin. So then let's look ahead just a bit. What suggestions would you have for your colleagues as a great way to start better managing the workforce stress levels? What can you do for them? You know, I think my first suggestion would be looking for some good, helpful resources, as, as there are quite a few of them out there. In fact, I've, I've put together uh, a list of resources, a repository of 10 different websites that offer either sound principles from the relationship side of things or from the financial side that an HR director or you know a manager in an organization, they could cobble together their own 
in-house program, or they could point their employees to those websites. Uh, and there's also a number of good books out there uh, that you know we could purchase for our employees or have a library available, et cetera. So if this is of interest to anybody, I've compiled these together in a, uh, on my website, The Social Science Solution. You're welcome to visit and take a look at those resources. But that would be my advice, would be to find empirically-based, research-based resources that can help our employees. But really, I go back to what I mentioned a few minutes ago, just being aware. I think it's so tempting, and I've, I'm sure I've done this before as a leader, as, an, as a, an HR professional. Sometimes it's tempting to put our head in the sand and just really hope or pretend like this isn't an issue. But, but this type of stress specifically, which is more my expertise, so stress in general, going back to your question, Holly, I think we're so wise to be aware of what different types of stress our employees are facing and try to provide resources. But where these two, again, going back to that, that Gallup study where the top two sources of stress mentioned, we probably want to make sure that this is at least a part of the solution as we try to help our employees. And one thing I'll mention as well is it doesn't just help out with their performance. And again, we care about that and we should care about that. We're paid to care about that. But it also impacts their overall health. It impacts their overall well-being, their happiness um, pretty dramatically as they're able to reduce this financial stress, as they're able to reduce this relational stress. All right, Rob, thanks again so much for being with us today. And so folks, we'll go ahead and remind you that our 2019 Employee Engagement Conference is coming up July 29th through the 31st in Denver. To learn more about Rob's session, and everyone else we have lined up, visit us at hciengagement.com. So if you enjoyed your time with us today, don't forget you can find HCI's 9 to Thrive podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. So once more, thanks for spending some time with us today. We hope to catch you next time.